You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Well, hey, y'all, we are, in the, we are in a new series now called Grateful, Grateful, um, because, you know, it's Thanksgiving time-ish, you know? I know there's, like, already Christmas decor being sold in Target and stuff, which is just obscene. Like, come on, one thing at a time, people. And... Uh, but it, it, it's a season of gratitude, and I think it's important because this is the highest time of suicide. This is the highest time of depression. A, like, people literally, um, it, it's very sad, but thankfully we have a church that, you know, is a light and a hope in San Diego and East County. And so, thankfully, the people that are touching us are, are going to be okay. Um, but why did we decide to do this series? We decided to do this series not just because it's like, oh, every October, November, we're going to do, you know, a gratitude series. But we decided to do this because... And we're seeing it now probably more prevalent than ever. And I'm, I'm a millennial myself, um, so I see it in my generation, unfortunately. Uh, but it's this, this idea and this really this attitude of ungratefulness. It's an attitude. And it's not in everybody, obviously. But there's this general attitude of entitlement. It's this general attitude of, like, well, America sucks. And this sucks. And this is terrible. And everybody's deconstructing their faith. Like, Jesus wasn't good enough. And the Bible's not good enough. Like, and, and so there's this general ingratitude. And so um, thankfully, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne have carved out a culture here at Awaken that, that is the antidote to that, which is honor and which is thankfulness, which is honor and which is thankfulness. Like, I love, I love East, and I showed up here and I'm like, man, I'm so thankful for the campuses we have. And, and you guys have such a, a spirit of gratitude here because, you know, I remember hearing about termites and all kinds of stuff that was going on here. You're like, yeah, but we're not in a tent. But we're not in a tent. You see that? God can do anything with that kind of spirit. God can do anything with that kind of attitude. Because there's always going to be something you can point out that's bad. There's always going to be something you can point out that, is, that doesn't work. Um, and there's, there's one that builds up and there's one that tears down. And knowing which spirit is which is really important in this day and age. Because sometimes, you know, there's a difference between a cynic and a critic. A critic loves something and wants to see it better. A cynic just wants to tear everything down. So it's okay to be a bit of a critic, but it's not okay to be a cynic. Because the cynic said there's no way out of this. There's no way to make this better. We've got to tear it all down. And, uh, and thankfully, we don't have that here. Um, but in the Bible, we see one that tears down, and we see one that builds up. John 10.10 10 says, and they're going to put up on the screen, says, um, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have life abundantly. And so thankfully, Jesus came for a great reason, which is to give us life. And that's ultimately what our city needs. Our city needs life. Our city needs joy. Our city needs righteousness. Our city needs eternal salvation. That's life. Um, and that word abundantly is not just like, you know, abundant, like just barely running over. I've actually looked it up in the Greek, and it means super abundant. Like that word actually Paul uses in that, in that context is super abundant. Um, it also means uh, extravagant. It means uh, excessive. So if you're kind of just working this thing out with Awaken, and you're like, wow, they talk about money a lot. They talk about joy a lot. They talk about, like, how are all these people this happy? Is this fake? I thought it was for a while, too, until I came for, you know, one month, two months, three months, and realized, wow, there is an excessive life. There is a, a life that's bigger than myself that I can live and see God moving. And so... Uh, 
Any, do I get any James Bond fans in the house? Okay, thank God. Thank God. Okay, I wasn't sure. But I figured East County, if anybody, if any campus is going to be James Bond fans. Uh, and so I'm a big James Bond fan. Like, I am so excited about the new movie. Uh, because I have a newborn, I haven't gotten seen it with my wife yet. So I'm like, but she, so, so last night, because I've been watching the other ones to, like, prepare, you know, as real fans do. And, uh, and so... I've been waiting for her to kind of be like, babe, you can just go with your friends. But I didn't want to initiate that because I'm like, that is not going to be good for me. Um, wisdom, yeah, come on. It's because I got guys like you in my life. And, uh, and so finally, last night I was watching the movie. She's like, babe, you know what? Why don't you just go see it with your friends? I'm like, no, babe, I want to see it with you. Because I learned if I would have just jumped on that, I would have been, it would have been the same thing. Because that could have been a trap. I've been married four years, y'all. Not as stupid as I once was. And so... Finally, I was, I was like, no, babe. And she's like, no, really, like, you should go. And so I'm going to see it Sunday. Um, uh, and so I'm excited about that. But I love James Bond because, you know, he's, he's given a license. Does anybody know what that license is? License to kill. Okay. So I'm not going to relate James Bond to the devil. But what I am going to say is James Bond was given a license, a license by MI6, a license by the British government saying, you have a license to go do this. And for you to do this is actually going to accomplish the mission of the nation. You and I, as Christians, have been given a license. Because the devil's got a little bit of a license. His is very limited. He's like, uh, he's like you know, you know, when you're doing like the testing driving, like the, you know, when you're like 15, 16 years old, the, and, and yeah, the permit driving, but even less than that, like you go to driver's school and then they like, they give you the wheel, but they've also got brakes. Like God's got brakes on the devil. So if you're worried he's going to take over your life, he can't, he can't do that. God's like, no, no, no. Cause God works everything out together for our good. But you know, devil has a license to kill, steal and destroy, but Jesus gave us a license to live, a license to live. And that's the title of this message, a license to live. And so the first point of having this license to live, because if we want to see kingdom come, his will be done in our city in East County as it is in heaven, then we've got to actually operate in our license to live. And so the first, the first point, and really, uh, you know, it's important if you want to go to heaven to, to take notes. I'm just kidding. I used to make that joke when I was in Salt Lake City with the Mormon, like, and they're like 70% like prior Mormon, and it did not go well, because they're like, oh, really? Like, because they come from gnarly legalism. Uh, <laughs> Stop making that joke real early on. It wasn't worth all the conversations I had to have afterwards, so I just stopped. Um, I do it all the time, yeah, exactly. Um, our license was granted by the blood of Jesus. You see, our license doesn't come from our own abilities or our own circumstances, but by the blood of Jesus. Zechariah 4, verse 6 says this. This is the word of the Lord to Z. I'm just going to say Z because I don't want to say that. That's a long name. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You see, there's no such thing as true life outside of Jesus. There's no life outside of Jesus. Dennis Prager, who... Uh, started Prager U. He just came to our church a few weeks ago and is absolutely phenomenal. He's incredibly brilliant. He's Jewish. And, uh, and I grew up Jewish and Catholic. So I like, you know, totally relate to him. He's, he's a lot smarter than me. But uh, I loved some wisdom he dropped. And he's actually been coming back up to, to San Marcos. I know it's a little bit of a trek for you guys, but if you can make it, uh, I believe it's November 14th. Wow, you guys are incredible. Um, and he'll be there and it, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. But one of the things he said was he said, secularism has no solutions 
Because it acknowledges no God. Because the Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. So if you don't fear God, you can't have wisdom. If you can't have wisdom, you can't have life. And without God, there are no real solutions to real problems that people face. You see, I try to, you know, for most of my life, I grew up, you know, Catholic, Jewish, but really, you know, I didn't live like there was a God that existed. And so I tried to find life in a whole bunch of stuff. I tried to find life in, you know, when I was in high school, I started partying. And so I found it in drugs. I found it in using people, sleeping around. I found it in, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then when I graduated, I was like, I'm going to get a little more mature. I'm going to go to college and, you know, and I'm going to party harder. And, uh, and so maybe there's life there. Like maybe, you know, the high school parties, I thought that stuff would fulfill me. But then I got to college. I was like, okay, now maybe if, if it's at another level, that'll help. And, uh, and, and so I went there and did that and did harder drugs and partied more and, you know, hung out with more wrong types of people and then found there was no life there and then uh, basically took $100,000 of my inheritance. I dropped out of college and the 100000 was meant to go to college, but I was like, I don't want to go to college. I want to spend my $100,000. <laughs> and uh, at 19, I thought I knew what to do with it. And so I took that money and then I thought, okay, now if I go and travel the world, if I go and, you know, go to these personal development courses, I go to Tony Robbins, if I walk on coals, like then I will experience life. And so I searched for life everywhere but Jesus because I said there's no way the Christians I grew up around have any kind of life because they were living out of integrity. And so they weren't living with their license to life. They weren't, they weren't embracing that license. And so I, uh, I did that and then find myself deeper and deeper in a pit of despair and realize, wow, there really is no life outside of Jesus to the point where Six years ago, before I got invited to church, I started contemplating things I never would con- thought I would contemplate in my life, which would be ending it. And I don't think I ever would have really gone through with it, but to get to that low of a level when I thought I would find life, I blew the $100,000, I blew everything on my way to try and find it in everywhere but Jesus. But then the second I walked into church, the second I began to hear the gospel for the first time, I was like, wow, this is actually, there's only one way. There's only one truth, and there's only one life. And... And so whenever we try and find solutions to our problems, whenever we try to find life outside of Jesus, and there's a lot of really good things out there, like there's therapy and there's all kinds of things, but anytime we try and fill our lives or fix our problems with anything that isn't aligned with the Bible, we start to find destruction. Dr. Matt says uh, the level of incongruency in our life is a level of destruction in our life. And I found that very true because I find every time I come against a problem, or whether it's my marriage, whether it's in my business, whether it's in ministry, whatever it is, and I try and fix it with something that isn't aligned with the Bible, I find it doesn't work. And that's why God created the Bible. So he's like, hey, I actually painted this thing out really clear for you. And so there's no such thing as life outside of Jesus. And if we want to, to show this world, if we want to show East County how to live, we've got to embrace that. And so I would love if everyone could just bow your heads, close your eyes. If there's anybody in here today that has not accepted the life of Jesus, has not said, you know what, I, I've been trying to find life in everything else, but I, I, today I need to surrender my life to Jesus. That was me six years ago, friend. Today you can, you can make that same decision. doesn't mean life's immediately, everything's going to change and shift externally, but internally it will, and once it changes internally, it will change externally. And you'll know that your eternity is secure forever. Is there anybody in here on the count of three, if you just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for, one friend, God loves you too. You'll never be the same three. If there's anybody in here, if you could just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Is there anybody in here today? Beautiful. Beautiful. And if you're in here today and you once walked with God, but you fell away and you're saying, I need to come back tonight. 
I want you to just respond right now. Just lift your hand wherever you're at. Just say, I need to come back. I need to find life outside. Beautiful. I see your hand here in the back. Incredible. Incredible. We can open our eyes. Um, what I want to do is, is our team saw you, if you raise your hand, um, and they're going to come find you after service, and they're going to introduce you to that person of Jesus Christ and equip you the Bible um, so that you can begin that journey or re come back to that journey with God. But the first point is there is no, yeah, come on, can we celebrate those that raise their hands? Come on, Jesus is good. You see, the abundant life is found only in Jesus, cannot be found in and of ourselves. The second point is our license is limited by what we focus on. See, we cannot control what happens to us. Because there's all kinds of things that have probably happened to you in your life that you have no control over. Whether it's, you know, the people that are elected in power right now, whether it's, uh, you know, business restrictions, whether it, whatever it is. But we can control how we respond. We can decide that. Philippians 3, verse 10 to 14 says this. This is Paul talking. And I love Paul because he had a radical encounter with Jesus. He said he abandoned everything to follow Jesus. He said, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. How many want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead? Come on, I want to suffer with him. I don't know. I mean, that's not a popular Bible verse, but uh, it's there because there is suffering here in this life. And I think we, we have to talk about it because it's real. You're not, and, and maybe there's some people here today, you're like, am I... Am I just not following it? Like, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You're on this side of heaven. There's going to be a little bit of suffering, but God works it out. Sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12 says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed for me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved, but I focus, I'm going to say focus, on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the race, the prize of the race, and the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You see, if you're focused on what's behind you, it's hard to fix your eyes on what's in front of you. There's a reason, and you probably heard it before, there's a reason the rear view mirror is really small and the dashboard's really big. It's because when we fix our eyes and we focus on that rearview mirror too long, you'll miss what's ahead of you, and it could be fatal. And, uh, and I found that every time I'm fixing on the past, every time I'm fixating on who I used to be, on the things that have offended me, the things that have messed me up, the things that have tripped me up, the things that person said to me, that, that person that cut me off earlier, the, you know, that thing that happened at work, whatever it was, anytime I fix my eyes on that, I'm missing what's ahead of me. And it takes a big person to fix their eyes on what's ahead, on the upward call. But it's the only way, it's the only way to live because there's gonna be, Jesus said there will be offense in this life. And maybe you're here and you've let offense take you out or you let something sideline you. And it might be legitimate, there might be legitimate hurt, there might be legitimate pain, there might be legitimate, this person shouldn't have done that and yet they did. And I don't wanna forgive him. Well, Jesus said it's the only way forward. It's the only way forward. And I love, um, I love James Bond so much that I actually found a clip that uh, I was watching last night. I'm like, babe, I think I'm going to use this clip. Um, because James comes back, and then before we play it, just to give a little context, uh, this is in the movie Skyfall, and James was on a mission. He was on a mission. He was on purpose. He was serving the church, right? He, like, I'm just paralleling here, right? I'm not saying he was actually doing that. He's serving. He's on mission. He's, he's on cause for God. And then he 
gets in this precarious situation where um, he's wrestling with one of these enemies and uh, his oversight was like, hey, we need to take that out at all costs. Um, and, and she's like, gives permission for one of his fellow agents to take the shot when he's in the shot. And so ends up shooting him, thought, he, thought she killed him. Um, and he ends up, you know, he comes, obviously he survives because it's five minutes into the movie and you're like, there's no way we have this whole movie without James. Um, but he ends up on a beach and he's like, he's just like kind of checked out and he's upset. You could tell he's just like, he's obviously bitter about it. And then, you know, he's doing all kinds of stuff. He's drinking at a bar, much like this bar, uh, which I love, by the way. And then, and he's doing that and then he, uh, you know, he sees on the television that the British embassy's been attacked, that his nation's been under attack, that, that his nation has need of him. And so he finds himself coming back. And so this is him coming back, if we could play the clip. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. 007 reporting for duty. Why didn't you call? You didn't get the postcard? You should try it sometime. Get away from it all. It really lends perspective. Ran out of drink where you were, did they? What was it you said? Take the bloody shot. I made a judgment call. You should have trusted me to finish the job. It was the possibility of losing you or the certainty of losing all those other agents. I made the only decision I could, and you know it. I think you lost your nerve. What do you expect? A bloody apology? You know the rules of the game. You've been playing it long enough. We both have. Maybe too long. Speak for yourself. Ronson didn't make it, did he? No. So this is it. We both played out. If you believe that, why did you come back? Good question. Because we're under attack. And you know we need you. Well, I'm here. You'll have to be debriefed and declared fit for active service. You can only return to duty when you've passed the tests, so take them seriously. The shower might be in order. He had legitimate reason to be upset. He had legitimate reason to check out. He had actually had legitimate reason to stay away, to stay at the beach, to stay, to stay at his house, to stay not serving, to stay, stop giving, to stay. I don't need to show up twice on a Sunday. I don't need to come on a Wednesday. I don't need to show up to prayer meetings. I don't, I, maybe I will, but I'm just, I'm not going to engage anymore. I'm not going to lean. I'm not going to trust God again. Because God didn't show up the last time. God didn't back me up. I thought this was going to happen, and it didn't happen. You see, James had every legitimate reason, just like some of us might have every legitimate reason to stay disengaged, to stay disconnected, to stay embittered, to stay away, or to check out. But, the license to live also comes with the responsibility to see and fix our eyes on the cause 
of Jesus Christ, to fix our eyes on the mission, on the purpose of the church as greater. There's been so many times that I've had reason to, and we've got a great church, and we've got great leadership, but any church, any opportunity, anything is not perfect. And I've had reasons to walk away, but reasons to just say, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. And there were little things, but it's always the little things, the little foxes that ruin the harvest. And so maybe you're here today, and I believe God is going to heal some of those things as you let them go. I believe God's going to heal some of those things as we forgive some people that need to be forgiven. Because there's nothing that's big enough to allow us to be taken out from the purpose of God for our life. Because at the end of the day, we got a very short time here, and I don't want to get to heaven and have the angels be like, yo, this is all the stuff you did, really cool, but this is what you could have done if you just didn't stay on the sidelines because what you didn't realize was the devil sowed that seed. The devil tried to trip you up. The devil tried to keep you offended. And if I would have just forgiven, if I would have just said, you know what? The church is bigger. The cause of Christ is bigger than me getting what I want all the time. The cause of Christ is bigger than me. I just need to get over it. And just like James did, he got over it. He wasn't happy about it, <laughs> but he got over it because he knew he needed to get back in the game. So our last point, and if the team can come up, the worship team, I think you guys are already here, is uh, our license is for others. You see, Jesus gave us really simple instructions for an abundant life. Love God and love people. That's the mission. Mark 12, verse 30 to 31 says this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. You see, I found that when we're grateful, we can be more present. When we're more present, we can be there for the service of others. And when we're there for the service of others, we can fulfill the commandment to love other people. And I found that one of the greatest tricks the devil plays, because he's a deceiver and he works really sly, is to get us into a place of comparison. Is to get us distracted and not fixated on what we do have, but what we don't on what other people have, on what other people get to do, or what, I wish I could be more like this, or I wish I could have this, or I wish I could. And, uh, and I remember when I first came on staff uh, four years ago, Right around the time I was married, I was so excited. I was picking up every kind of responsibility I could because, you know, I think it's easy in our church to do that. And, uh, and so I was super pumped just to be on staff, and I was super pumped to be doing things. And I got so caught up in doing things that I found myself a year later, and I didn't like who I had become because I hadn't slowed down. I hadn't learned to relax. I hadn't taken time to just be grateful, and I let a lot of little things kick me off guard. I let a lot of little things get settled in my heart, a lot of little offenses, a lot of little things that went unsaid. See, sometimes it's as easy as, hey, what you said hurt me. I forgive you, but I just want you to know that what you said hurt. And, and sometimes you don't even need to say it. Sometimes you just need to go to God first and be, have that same conversation. And you're like, wow, there's no energy on it. But I let a lot of things go unsaid. I let a lot of little things build up. And I started comparing myself and it stole my joy because comparison will steal your joy. It stole my ability to be present and it stole my ability to love others. Found myself going to, you know, showing up at church, showing up to an office, showing up and actually not being the person that I was when I first walked in, not actually being transformed, being short with people, being harsh with people. And it's like, what, what happened? I don't even like the person I'm becoming. I'm doing all the things I want to do. 
but it's because I didn't stop to remember all the things that I did have and be grateful for. And so I, you know, I remember one day I felt God say, you know, I was, I was arguing with him. So I'm like, I'm doing everything you want me to do. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm reading my Bible. I'm, you know, praying. And even when I prayed, it felt dry. Even when I worshiped, it felt dry. Everything felt dry. And I remember him say clearly, you're not in my gate. You're not in my, you're not in my presence. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not in your presence? I'm reading the Bible. Like, duh. <laughs> I remember he's, I was like, and I'm worshiping. Like, I'm, you know, when we worship, like, you know, you inhabit the praises of your people. Like I was saying all this stuff. And he's like, I know that. I wrote it. But he's, <laughs> but he's like, what gets in my gates? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gets in my gates. You're not even in the neighborhood. You're going through religious habits and acts because you just thought that's what it takes. But remember when you first got saved? Remember how grateful you were just to have a roof over your head? Remember how grateful you were just to, just to, just to know me? just to be with me and now you're getting upset because this person's getting platform time and this person's getting released and, and this person's making a bunch of money and this is all happening. But look at how blessed you are. Look at the wife I've given you. Look at the life I've built for you. Look at, and I got immediately convicted and realized I just need to be grateful. And so from then on until that, until now, I've still to this day in my prayer time, I begin every single morning. I say, thank you, God, that I'm alive. Thank you, God, that I'm awake. Thank you that I'm healthy. Because there's a lot of things. And, and I've heard people say comparison in any way is bad. Meaning like, you know, because then if you, you know, if you compare yourself to people that have less than you, then you're prideful. And if you compare yourself to people that have, you know, more than you, then you're envious. And I agree to an extent. But I also think context is important. Because there's some people in some other countries right now that if they were doing this, they'd be hunted and killed. There are some people in other nations and other parts of the world that won't go home to an actual home. They'll go, you know, they'll stay in a box overnight. And so there are things that I think we can actually be grateful for that put us into the gates of God because when we realize and we start worshiping the God of the blessing more than the blessing itself, we can step into his presence and the fullness of joy is in his presence. The fullness of joy is in his presence. And so as we close, as we close, I'd love for everyone could just stand up. And there's a couple of things I'd like to do as we, as we close. Just if you're here today and you're saying, man, I feel like I've let some things take me out. And maybe they haven't fully taken you out. Maybe they've partially taken you out. Maybe they've, you know, maybe, they, maybe you're just checked out and you're starting to contemplate. Well, I, wonder if I, I wonder what it would look like if I just stopped serving. I wonder if it would look like if I moved to another state. I wonder if it would look like if I, friend, the kingdom is, is, is too great to live a life of comfort is the number one thing guiding you. Your calling, your purpose, the crown of the king is greater than your comfort. It doesn't mean we won't enjoy life. It doesn't mean we won't have fun. It doesn't mean all, because we're going to have all that stuff. So if you're here today and you're saying that, we're going to go into a, if we could, we're going to go into a song. And I want you to leave everything behind. I want you to forgive some people. I want you to lay whatever offense, whatever little thing, just let the little things go. Say, you know what, God, you can have those little things. And then maybe there's some people here today and you're saying, man, I feel like I've been in a dry place. I feel like I feel like my wheels are spinning. I don't know what to do. 
Friend, I'd encourage you as we go into worship, I want you to start, and even right now, just start thanking God for what you do have. You might be thanking God for 10 toes. You might be thanking God for a shirt on your back and that's all you feel like you can be grateful for. Friend, that will get you in the gates. That will begin to get you in the presence of God. And then you realize, God, you've given me everything. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you that I'm here. Thank you that I have a church that loves me. Thank you that I have friends. I want you to just begin, even right now, as a worship team is going to play, I want you to start thanking God for what you do have because we're going to get in the presence of God. We're going to get in the gates of God. And then we're going to sing this song. And then Pastor Michael is going to close out. But why don't you lift your hands before we do that? And then we're going to pray. We're going to pray. And then we're going to go into a, and we're going to go, go into a song. So right now, you can close your eyes. Just think of whoever you've got to forgive, whoever you've got to release. Right now, I see people getting free. I see freedom coming. I see joy coming. I see someone hasn't really felt like they've, they've enjoyed their life over the last 60 days. You feel like it's, joy's been robbed from you. Devil, I command you to get your hands off of the people of God. I command you to remove your talents that those lies would be exposed right now in Jesus' name and that forgiveness would be released. Forgiveness would be released. Someone's, someone's forgiving their brother right now. I see someone forgiving an employer right now because they put some mandates down. I see someone forgiving them. It doesn't mean what they did was right, but it means you don't have to live with the pain that comes with unforgiveness. I see bitterness leaving right now. In Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, I thank you that you would fall, that you would fall, that your presence would be in this room, that your presence, in your presence, I see the fullness of joy coming, the fullness of joy, the fullness of joy. I see as people, you are thanking God. You're thanking God for what you do have. I see more's coming, more's coming, more's coming. I feel like God's, for some people, he's literally been waiting for you to thank him for what you do have, and he's already got more right behind him, and he's going to release it. But I see you thanking him right now. Just thank him right now in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, we thank you that you are with us, and if you are with us, who or what could be against? I thank you that you fill every single person in this room from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. Father, that every promise that you have spoken, Father, we believe. In Jesus' name, we receive it right now. We receive it right now. If you receive it, just lean into worship. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.